What a great looking group here this morning. Uh, many of you know this, we're one church in multiple locations. So for those of you that are here today in this room, we honor you, we're glad that you're here. This is our broadcast campus, our South Metro Atlantic campus. And every gathering we have the privilege to live stream online. So we greet everybody online this morning. We say hello. Those of you watching online, feel free to drop into the comment section where you're watching from. And if you have a prayer request or a need, you let our team know. A great online campus team there uh, waiting to help you and to pray for you and to be there for you. So we greet you. And then we also say hello to our Germantown, Maryland campus, 702 miles from here. So everybody in the greater Washington, D.C. area, we welcome you today. So everybody in the room, can you welcome everybody online and welcome everybody in Germantown. Come on, make this real loud. Come on, let them hear you from the south. I love that. And then, of course, we've got a, a weekly tradition where before we jump into the message, we always pause to give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women and those courageous first responders. So of all of the applause of appreciation for people, can this be your highest applause of appreciation now? Come on. Thank you to those who are serving our country. Thank you to those on the front line. Come on a little bit louder. Let them know you love them. Praying for you. Merry Christmas to everybody. We're going to jump to the message here in just a moment. Uh, I do want to tell you about two things, and I'm going to do this really fast because both of these things were already in the video announcements a moment ago, but these two things are really close to my heart. So uh, real quick, and then we'll jump into the message together. Many of you know this. Last Sunday was our Legacy Offering Sunday, and it was a tremendous day in the life of our church. As a matter of fact, this is the second annual Legacy Offering that we've done, and so we, we set aside last Sunday to ask 100% participation everybody contributing something to the legacy offering. And here's why, we give 100% of it away, 100% of what comes in, that amount will go out in 2021. And so this offering, of course, is a special offering. It's the only special offering that we do all year at Go Church. It's above and beyond your normal ties and giving. And so if for whatever reason last week you weren't here or maybe you forgot or you haven't yet participated, it's not too late to give towards the legacy offering. As a matter of fact, you have until midnight on December the 31st to give towards the legacy offering. If you're giving online or through the app or text to give, make sure you uh, use that drop down feature or you text the word legacy. If you're giving in-house, make sure on the giving envelope, you write legacy or you write in the memo of your check legacy. Because again, everything that's earmarked towards legacy, we're gonna give 100% of it away. Last year in our first legacy offering, you all gave $135,000. I don't wanna let the cat out of the bag just yet, but by faith, we're gonna beat that this year. Come on, do you believe that? So it's gonna be a great year in 2021. Not too late to give. If you have given already, God bless you. If you've not given yet, it's never too late. And the Lord will take that, multiply it, and he will bless it. Okay. And then the second thing that's really dear to my heart as well is our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're calling this Deeper 21, and we do this two times a year. And we're going to kick off 2021 with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to ask the good Lord that we never have a year like 2020 again. And everybody said amen right there. Come on. I, I believe wholeheartedly in the power of prayer and the discipline of fasting, and it's an honor and a privilege to walk our church through these 21 days. Uh, the challenges that we face as a family, the challenges we face as a country, the challenges we face as a church and as individuals, uh, we have to fight those with weapons that are not weapons of this world. And God gives us great weapons, spiritual weapons of prayer and fasting and disciplines. And so I just want you to get this on your calendar as a save the day. We're going to start the new year off right on Saturday, January 2nd 
through Friday, January the 22nd, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so it's going to be a powerful time. I'll tell you more about that in the weeks to come, but go ahead and get this on your calendar, okay? Anybody excited for Deeper 21? It's one of my favorite events of the whole year. So I hope that you're able to participate with us and watch God do some extraordinary things in your heart and in your home. All right, so those are the two things. Now, we're in week number two of a series that uh, we kicked off last Sunday called The Christmas Gift Exchange. And uh, I wanna give a big shout out to our Germantown, Maryland campus pastor, David Waldrop. As a matter of fact, he flew in town kind of impromptu last minute uh, to help out to kick off this series. And so, Pastor David, we honor you, we thank you. Come on, can you bless that man for a great word last Sunday, kicking off this series, filling in for me. And then thank you for your prayers. Obviously, I'm feeling so much better this week and we're moving forward. And so today, we're gonna talk about week number two of the Christmas gift exchange. And if you're looking for a driving thought, if you will, or kind of a main idea, a big idea of this whole series, I'll, I'll summarize the whole series kind of like this, that whenever, whenever we accept Jesus Christ and Jesus and his grace and his mercy and salvation is all a gift. We'll talk more about that here in just a moment. But whenever we accept Jesus Christ, then we have this opportunity to exchange our sins for salvation. Come on. Our doubts for faith. We can exchange our worries for worship. You and I get the opportunity through Christ to exchange our hurts for healing. And then ultimately, we can also exchange our problems for peace. I want you to let you write this down for a second, but I'm going to give you a group exercise. Everybody in this room, everybody in Germantown, everybody online, I want you to say this out loud with me. I'm going to read part of it, and then you can respond back. So it's kind of read and repeat, if you will. But I want you to get this in your heart, and I want you to get this in your mind, because this is the power of the gospel, that whenever we accept Jesus Christ, we can exchange whatever it is that we've taken on ourselves or the world has put on us, and we can exchange that for things that only God can offer us. So repeat this after me. With Christ, come on, say it like you mean it. With Christ, I can exchange my sins for salvation, my doubts for faith, my worries for worship, my hurts for healing, and my problems for peace. Now, I'm, I'm going to age and date some of you here, but Years ago, uh, in the early 60s, there was a, a, a great television show. As a matter of fact, it's, it's aired for the last few generations. It's called Let's Make a Deal. How many of you remember this TV show, Let's Make a Deal? Come on, show of hands, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. All right. So you know Monty Hall, the infamous Monty Hall, he had this television program. It debuted on December the 30th, 1963, in front of a live studio audience, much like you all. And Monty Hall would allow people in the room and they were called traitors on the show to dress up in crazy costumes and outfits. And then he would pick somebody in the live studio audience or from the live studio audience. And he would allow them the opportunity to, to accept a gift that he was offering or they could exchange that gift for something unseen or unknown. Again, by a show of hands, and if you're online, let me know this way. How many of you have seen the show or you know what I'm talking about? Okay, all right. Well, let's do it. Let's play Let's Make a Deal. All right, I need a contestant, somebody who is brave enough to come up here. Let me see a hand if you want to play Let's Make a Deal. Some of you are nervous. because you just, Okay, all right, right here, you. Come on up here. Can we get a little game show music? This will be helpful. Come on, give it up for this young lady on the contestant Let's Make a Deal. Come on, run on up here. Come on, like, encourage her a little bit. She's nervous. She don't know what's going on. 
high stand right there. If you don't mind, will you just put that on for us real quick and uh, tell everybody your name. What's your name? This is Olivia. Come on, will you welcome Olivia to Let's Make a Deal? All right, Olivia. Now, I'm not Monty Hall, but I do have a little bit of cash in my pocket, and I need you to participate with the audience here. You're going to help her to determine what is the best deal that Olivia can make. Now, Olivia, I have a real $50 bill. Come on, somebody. $50. And Olivia, I know. Now, Olivia, you and I, we, don't, we, don't, we didn't set this up, did we? We've never met other than maybe on a Sunday, but I don't know you. You don't know me that well. This is a real genuine $50 bill, all right? Freshly made on the copy machine this morning. That's a joke for everybody watching and listening. $50. Now, Olivia, Christmas time is here. You got a lot of people to buy for. $50 can go a long way on Amazon Prime. Can I get a witness? Come on now. Which, by the way, just a public service announcement for all of you men, two weeks until Christmas. Come on, ladies, say amen to that. All right. So, Olivia, you know that $50 can go a long way. Now, you can have this $50. There are no strings attached. You should tithe off of the $50. Can I get a witness? And you should do that to go church. But other than that, no strings attached. $50 is yours. Or you can have what's under this box. Now, audience, what do you think she should do? If you think she should take the $50 cash and call it a day, give her some noise. Make a round of applause real quick. Wow, look at that. That's pretty convincing. The thing is, is that nobody knows what's in this box but me. How many of you think she should not take the $50, forego the $50, and risk taking what is under this beautifully wrapped box? Let me hear you. Okay, Olivia, now I got a sermon to preach, so we got to have this decision pretty quickly here. But what do you decide, Olivia? I mean, it's all on the line here. I mean, you, you want to make the right decision. $50 cash, one more time. Come on, if that's you. Olivia, take what's in the box. How many of that's you? That's pretty close. All right, Olivia, what will it be? What are you going to have, $50 or what's in the box? Is it a zoink? I'm sorry? Is it a zoink? Listen, Olivia, you have to decide. Do not negotiate with me right now, Olivia. <laughs> Olivia woke up this morning thinking, I'm going to have my opportunity. Today is my day. All right, Olivia, what will it be? $50 cash or what's in the box? Come on, cheer her on as she makes this all-important decision. The most important decision of your entire life, what will it be? She's going with the box. Lawanda, tell her what she's won. You have won six cans of premium wild-caught chunk-like tuna. Tuna! We've combined two of the best-selling can brands in the United States. This premium tuna is soaked in water and vegetables, broth for added flavor. It's perfect for dozens of quick and easy meals at home. Add thinly sliced celery and onion and mix well with mayonnaise, lemon juice, salt and pepper for a delicious homemade tuna salad. You can serve it with a side of roasted vegetables as a tasty yeah. low-calorie meal. Top it on toast with creamy avocado for a mouth-watering mm, Feel that. This premium wild-caught chunk-like tuna offers nutritional benefits and it's an excellent source of protein. Don't want to eat it now? Not a problem. This premium tuna comes can sealed, keeping it fresh without the need of refrigeration, meaning you can save it for a few years down the road. Go Church is not responsible. Our liability, we are not responsible for the contents of each can. This is only a game. 
Enjoy your tuna at your own risk. Come on, give it up for Olivia. <laughs> Olivia, take your tuna. God bless you. Let's make a deal. This is my $50 too. I'm really glad you chose it. You saw how I was emphasizing, take the box, Olivia. The box, you know, I, I know that's a fun game and it's good to laugh, especially in the kind of year that we've had. But whenever I read John 3, 16 and, and 17, I think about God saying, hey, let's make a deal. One of the foundational verses of the gospel and of the Christian church are these two verses, John 3, 16 and 17. And if you've been a part of church for a while, maybe you grew up in church or maybe you're not even familiar with faith, but at a football game, you saw somebody holding up a sign that said John 3, 16. There's some, some familiarity with these verses here that reads to us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Anybody think for that, for that promise? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Again, when I read these two verses, here's what I understand, and I, I'd encourage you to write this down, that when God gave his son Jesus, he was saying, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. An offer that is somewhat surprising that anybody would refuse. Again, he's saying that all of your sin, you can exchange them for salvation. All of your hurt, you can exchange that for healing. All of your problem, you can exchange that for peace. And all of your worries, you can exchange that for worship. What God is saying when he sent his son Jesus, when he gave his son Jesus is, I want to make a deal. I want to make a deal. I always try during the holiday season, Christmas season, to do a message on salvation. It is the centerpiece, the uh, of Christianity. And I want to talk to you this morning on the idea of, of what salvation is and this deal that God is desiring to make with you and, and offering to you. When you think about the idea of salvation, that idea is synonymous with being rescued. See, Jesus knew that you and I could not rescue ourselves, so he willingly was crucified on this cross so that you and I, if we just believe in him, if we accept him, then he would rescue us from our sins. The idea of salvation is that of deliverance and, and freedom. And again, you don't have enough power in your own natural ability to, to deliver you or to set you free from whatever the challenges or the traps are that this world and the enemy has attached to you. And God, again, through his love and through his grace, says, I'm gonna send my son Jesus and I'm giving you a chance to make a deal. A lot of times though, we think that salvation only has one aspect to it, but you've heard me talk a little bit about this in the past, but salvation is actually three-dimensional. I'm gonna break all three of these down this morning and then I'll pray for you. But the first idea is that salvation means that you are saved from something. On the count of three, everybody say from something. One, two, three, from something. Not only are you saved from something, but you are also saved for something. Everybody say for something on three. One, two, three, for something. And then lastly, you are saved by something, from something, for something, and by something. And that gives us the three dimensions of salvation. Let's talk about this first thought here. What is it that you and I are ultimately saved from? 
In Matthew chapter 1, we read the account of where this angel visited Joseph. Many of you know Joseph and Mary, and this angel instructed Joseph to give the baby a name, and he said, you should name him Jesus. I want to I let you know that in the chaos of this world and, and the chaos of your life and the uncertainty of these times and whatever the uncertainty of the future holds, there is great power in the name Jesus. Amen. Can you give me a better amen than that? Like, there is power in the name of Jesus. And there are some challenges and some obstacles and some trials that I go through in my life. And maybe you can testify to this where I don't have the words to say. I don't know what to pray, but I do know that I can just cry out Jesus. And the Bible says that he's just as close as the very mention of his name. And, and the angel said, name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we are saved from ultimately when we take the deal, when we say yes to God and no to the world, then we are saved from our sin. But it allows us to answer the question, what is sin? What is sin? I'll give you a working definition of this in just a moment, but a couple of initial thoughts here is sin is really us just missing the mark. See, God has a standard of living. The standard of living is holiness. And God says, be holy for I am holy. And sin is anything that would enter in that would allow you to get off of or out of alignment and miss the mark of God's standard. Now, if you're like me, I've got a list, a sin list, things that I shouldn't do, things that I can't do. I know what, what I can do, what I can't do, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. And we make this list, but sin is not necessarily a list of do's and don'ts. Sin is not necessarily a list of rights and wrongs. Sin is an issue of the heart. Sin is a condition of the heart. See, all of the temptations that we fall into or all of the sin that maybe we find ourselves caught up in, all of those are just symptoms of the root issue, which is the condition of our heart. See, when God gives you this deal and he says, let's make a deal, let, let me give you the greatest gift exchange ever in the history of the world. Salvation, by the way, is the greatest gift you could ever receive. Come on. Amen. He says, when you, when you take when you take this deal, I, I want to clean you from the inside out. And I'm going to start with the issue or the condition of your heart. Sin is not about what you've done or what you've not done. Sin is about, again, the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of your heart comes thoughts and emotions and habits and choices. And God says, I'm going to give you this deal I'm going to give you the gift of salvation, and I want to clean you from the inside out. Sin, this three-letter word, is an emphasis on that middle letter I. Sin is an I problem. Sin is more about attitude than it is action. Sin is when you say, I don't need God. It's my life. I'll do whatever I want. I want to be in charge. Ladies and gentlemen, that is sin. God says this life is not your own. Come on. He says, when you, when you, I've created you, and I want to get ahead of myself, but I've created you for a reason, for destiny and for purpose, and this life is not yours, and he's asking you to submit yourselves to his will and to his way. That, that is the deal that's in front of you. 
And he says, if you accept me, then we'll get to the issue that's really eating away at you, and I'll clean up the heart. And maybe you're wondering, well, who sinned? Here's, here's some bad news or good news, but it's all of us. Every single person that has ever lived and will ever live, we have all sinned, and we have, here it is again, we've fallen short of that standard. We have fallen short of the glory of God. And this world has so much to offer us by way of sin. It's why God knew that sin, listen to me, sin is what separates us from him. And you're going to see this if, if you've been living for a little while and if the good Lord allows you with grace to continue to live, you'll watch how culture and society will try to move the needle or shift the conversation on the idea of sin. But at the end of the day, sin is what separates us from God. Do you hear that? The Bible says it's Jesus that says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. There, there is no other way that you can have salvation except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus knew the importance of demolishing the effects of sin. That's why he shed his innocent blood on the cross because the Bible reminds us that his blood washes a multitude of sin. Culture and some churches and maybe even there are some pastors and teachers that will tell you that you can act however you want to act and live however you want to live and the grace of God will always be available. And I believe that the grace of God will always be available, but I would not, I would not play patty cake with sin. Sin is destructive. And not only are there consequences of sin here on this earth, but there are eternal consequences of the decision to sin as well. And in this Christmas season, in the middle of 2020, I think that we have this great opportunity to look at the deal being offered to us and realizing that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end, it's the way of destruction. And for many of us, if we're not careful, the path that we're continuing to walk on will move us away from hitting the mark of the glory of God, the standard of God, and one day we're all going to stand before our maker. On that day of judgment, we'll look at our father and he'll either say, well done, thou good and faithful, or depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never even knew you. And I don't know when my time is up and I don't know when your time is up. And I'm not trying to create a fear-based message to manipulate you in to asking Jesus to be your savior, but I'm telling you, the effects of sin is real and the enemy knows your weaknesses and the enemy knows how to tempt you and how to challenge you. And that's why God said, hey, I'm gonna make you a deal. And can I tell you this, salvation is a whole lot better than a $50 bill or six cans of tuna. It's a gift of eternal life. Can I get a good amen today? All right, let me give you another thought. Salvation is not only, you're not only saved from something, but through taking this deal, this gift exchange, Salvation also means that you are saved for something. You're saved from something, and ultimately it's sin, but you are also saved for something. Let me show you two thoughts here about what you are saved for. The first thought is this. You are saved so that God can fulfill the purpose that's on your life. God wants to fulfill this purpose that is on your life. See, here's what sin does. Here's what the world does. Here's what happens when when we continue to move away from the things of God, we get way off of track 
from the purpose that God has laid out for your life. I love saying it like this. I, I want you to write this thought down. Uh, you've heard me say this uh, in the past, but God, God never created you and then thought, now what am I gonna do with this individual? That's not how it worked. God, God didn't make you and then think, now what could be the plan? What could be the will? What could be the destiny for this individual? As a matter of fact, it's, it's the opposite of that. God had this purpose. God had this plan. And ladies and gentlemen, that is why he created you. Now, your brain doesn't work like my brain, and that's a good thing for you. Come on now. I can't tell you how many times I've thought or wondered, why am I alive now, today, in 2020? Like, why, why wasn't I alive when there were cavemen, come on, or cowboys and Indians? Have you ever thought that? I, I, I told you, you didn't think like I think, and that's a good thing, so... This is awkward because it's only me that feels that way. But I wonder why, why am I alive now? Throughout the history of the world, all of the generations before and all of the generations to come, why would I be here today? And I'm telling you why. The truth is for my life, and it's the same truth for your life, is that God had this purpose. And he created you on purpose and for purpose. And when sin comes into your heart and it changes the trajectory of your walk and of your life. God says, hey, I want to make you a deal because through salvation, I can get you back on track to fulfill God's plan for your life. I, I'm telling you from my own experiences, and maybe you can testify to this as well, the most fulfilled people are those who have taken the deal with God. The most fulfilled people in this world are those who have said yes to what God is offering and they've accepted the gift of salvation to be freed from their sin and then to be set on course for this great purpose. But I want you to know something. He doesn't just save you for your purpose. That is the earthly plan, but there is also an eternal reason that he saves you. And ultimately, he saves you for heaven. I don't know if in church, and I'll just talk about this church, but I don't know if we talk enough and sing enough and preach enough about heaven this world and the craziness of it? I told Kimberly the other day, what is happening in this world? Has anybody thought that this year at all? Like, what, what is going on? We were talking about this uh, during our own quarantine time. I said, I don't know if I ever remember a year where I have seen more death, more people dying. And I'm not just talking about connected to COVID, although that, that's real, and we've lost some great people to this virus. But just, man, uh, and maybe it's because social media just gives us a platform to see the pain of people even more, but it's almost like every day I get on a social media somewhere and I read about someone else's family member or loved one or neighbor that has died. And man, I just think about, man, how do those people who have lost loved ones, where do they put their hope? Where, where is their source of strength? And again, may, maybe you're listening online or you're sitting in that room in Germantown or you're here this morning. You're a little skeptical of all of this Jesus thing and church thing. And, you know, and now you came to church today and they're giving away cans of tuna. You're like, what's happening here? <laughs> but listen to me. If, if all there is to this world is all there is, if this is it, if this is bliss, 
If, if this is as good as it's ever going to be, what's the point of all of it? But for those who are in Christ Jesus, those who accepted the deal with God, we've placed our faith in knowing that this world is not our home. We're just, we're just passing through, the old song says. Come on. This world, this world is not our permanent residence. No, we're just on a temporary assignment. Heaven is our home. Eternity is our home. And I know some of you already know this, but maybe in this year, you just need to be reminded of the goodness of heaven. In heaven, there is no COVID-19. In heaven, there is no cancer. In heaven, there is no bankruptcy. In heaven, there is no divorce. I wish I had like 100 people that would help me preach. In heaven, there are no politics. Well, there's one. In heaven, streets paved of gold. Angels, choirs of angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. When I first had the, my encounter with, with the Lord, and if time allows, I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of this message, but I had this overwhelming fear of eternity because I thought, how do you define forever? How do you define eternity? Come on, in your day and in my day, everything has a start time and a finish time. We clock in, we clock out, the appointment is here, the, the school starts at this time, dinner is gonna be ready at, you get the point. In heaven, there are, no, there are no watches, there are no clocks. And that would be the same for hell as well. Uh, there's an old song that, that we used to sing in the church that I grew up in that says, 10,000 years and we've just got started. 10,000 years and we've just begun. What? Think about that. 10,000 years and we've only gotten started? Oh man, however, for those who have taken the sweet deal with Jesus, come on now. We know that we can enter into heaven and that place of just pure joy and wonder where there are no sicknesses or illnesses or disease. I think that we try to compare heaven to like Disney World and Disneyland, but those places, although they are great, they fail in comparison to the glory of heaven. And my hope is not in this world. My hope is in heaven and God says, I'm saving you on purpose and for purpose. You are alive today because God has a plan for you. He's got a plan for you, and that should encourage you. But he's also saving us for our home, which is in heaven. The Bible says this in John 1, 12. This is such a great verse to remind us of the beauty of heaven and our right standing with God, but to all who believed in him. And here's a conjunction here, and accepted him. Your walk with Christ is more than just faith it's an acceptance of who he is and a rejection of the things of this world that that's the deal part uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too he says you will accept me and reject the world those who believe in me and accept me he gave the right to become sons and daughters of god i'm not trying to over spiritualize 2020 and I'm not trying to play with your emotions through a global pandemic. 
But if we've been through everything we've been through in this year, from the challenges of health to the instability of the economy to the political nonsense to the racial injustices, and yet we still haven't allowed God to get our attention, what else will it take? Man, when I watch everything that's happening, I really genuinely believe that we are living in the last days. Jesus is coming back. But listen to me. There's still an opportunity. There's still a moment that you can take the deal. That you can take the deal. As long as there is breath in your lungs, the deal is on the table. Now, you got to work out your own salvation. And somebody needs to hear this. I feel led of the Lord to tell you this. Just because your grandma was saved and just because your mom and them was saved, that doesn't mean that's your ticket to heaven. You have to personally accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, when you take the deal, he saves you from sin and he saves you for purpose. And now there is security in your eternity, which is the hope of heaven. Does that make sense? But it's not just God saving us from something and for something, but he also saves us by something. And this is important. Everybody lean in for five more minutes and we'll be out of here. Because if you want to know how all of this works, I need to tell you, it is all done by grace. Grace. On the count of three, both campuses, I want you to say this word grace out loud. For those of you online, I want you to type this word grace out in all caps. You ready? Everybody shout grace on three. One, two, three. Grace. grace. It is by grace, only by grace, that you can be saved. You cannot do enough good works to get into heaven. You cannot give enough money to get into heaven. If you don't believe me, write a big check to the legacy offering, all right? Just try it. You can't pay your way into heaven. You don't, you don't get into heaven off the coattails of somebody else's salvation. No, it is only by grace through your faith, your faith, watch. And it is not from yourselves. It is a what? A gift from God. This, this is the greatest Christmas gift exchange. Think about it. God says, I knew that you would mess up. I knew that you would make mistakes. I knew that you would turn your back on me. But I love you all the more. And so, I'll give you my son Jesus. And through that grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see, he says, through that amazing grace, that's how you are saved. Let me give you this thought on grace. Write this down, and then I'll tell you a quick story, and we'll pray. Grace is when God gives us what we need <laughs> and not what we deserve. Grace is when God gives us what we need and not what we deserve. I don't think I ever understood that any more than when I had children. And the grace that needs to be extended to children. Right? We're all about discipline and correction and all of those things, but giving them grace because that's what they need. 
You know what you and I deserve? We deserve death. The Bible says this in Romans, that the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God, what's the gift? The gift is grace, the gift is salvation, the gift of God is eternal life. We deserve death, but God said, hey, here's the deal. I'll send Jesus to be put on that cross, and all you have to do is just believe. I want you to do a little homework over the next few days. What other faith, what other religion outside of Christianity offers that type of deal? Man, I'm overwhelmed by your grace, Lord. And I thank you for it. I met Jesus in the fall of 1999, just over 20 years ago. I was hardcore running away from God. I knew that God was real. I grew up in the church and in the faith, but when my uh, father passed away unexpectedly when I was 13, I took those next six years and I ran hard away from God. I was committed to going into law enforcement and then one day I thought, you know, maybe I'll even jump into politics. Thank God I didn't do that. I got a job at, at a restaurant in Tampa at 18 years old as a bartender. You could serve alcohol at 18, but you couldn't drink it till you were 21. And on the weekends, I was slinging drinks and I wasn't living at home, moved in with some friends and we just thought we were living this life. Jesus got a hold of my heart though. I took a part-time job with a guy at the church that my mom was attending. He was, a, uh, he was a lawn maintenance, lawn care guy. And he gave me a little part-time gig to, to cut the cemetery. Some of you have heard this before. 19 and a half acres, 47,000 graves off Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. I'd start on Monday cutting the cemetery and it'd take me all week to finish the cemetery and then by the weekend and the beginning of the new week, it had all grown back and I'd start all over. In 1999, we didn't have some of the technologies that we have today, so I probably had like a Walkman. Come on, somebody testify to a Walkman real quick. Come on now. A little portable CD player. I didn't have Bluetooth. You had to have a cord. How many of you remember that? You had to have that cord. And I'm riding on this lawnmower. September of 99. And I'll never forget it. I'm too afraid of God to lie to you, so this is a true story. If you choose to believe it, that's up to you. But I heard the voice of God. Only two times in my life have I ever heard the auditory voice of God, like God speaking over the intercom of heaven. And both times, the only thing I heard was my name, JC. I'm riding on this lawnmower, trying to figure out my life. I'm caught up in so much sin, my heart is so rotted with hatred and bitterness and hurt. And in that moment, on that day, I heard JC. And here, that's, that's a great part, but here's a step further in the story. The power of God moved in that cemetery. And the next thing I know is I'm laying on the ground, on the grass, and I look up and that snapper lawnmower is still cutting and I'm just weeping in a cemetery. Now think about that. I'm in a cemetery 
hearing voices and something has thrown me off of a lawnmower. And that day I committed my life to Jesus and I experienced grace. Here's what he said on that day in my heart, in that still small voice in my heart. He said, I'm offering you a deal. I'm offering you a deal. And you have the choice to take the deal or to walk away. Now, for those of you that have accepted that deal, you know the goodness of God, right? Come on, somebody testify to the goodness of God. For those of you that have not yet made that decision or, or maybe you've made that decision and then just life has interrupted that commitment and now you've kind of gotten back away from really placing God as a priority, listen to me, everybody lean in, look at me real quick. The deal still stands. And that deal is available right here and right now. Well, what about tomorrow? I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Well, what about the beginning of next year? Maybe. But I do know this, the only promise that you are promised is the gift of now. Right here and right now. Greatest decision that I ever made is when I got up from that cemetery I said yes to Jesus Christ. And from that moment, the things that God has done in my life and in our marriage and in our ministry, I have been overwhelmed by the goodness of God. So here's what I wanna do. Everybody in this room, if you'll just close your eyes for a moment. Everybody in Germantown, I want you to do the same. And if you're watching online and you're in a place where you can close your eyes and maybe bow your head, I'd love to do that. I'd love for you to do that rather. And, I don't want this to be an awkward moment, but I want this to be a genuine moment. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to just allow the Lord to move in your heart. He's offered you the deal. Now the choice is yours. What, what will the decision be today? Come on, take 30 seconds here and let the Lord just speak to you. Thank you, Jesus. you, Jesus. I always give you a closing question. Here it is, and it's what you're doing in this moment. Are you ready to take that deal and exchange your sin for salvation? Nobody's looking. It's just me and your campus pastors. Uh, they're coming in just a moment. They're going to give you some closing instructions. So everybody stay for just a moment here. But only us are looking, and I want to give you that opportunity right here, right now. I'm going to scan this room. They're going to scan the room at Germantown. If you're online, I'm going to give you the chance here to say yes to the deal that's in front of you. If you're ready to exchange your troubled heart, your broken heart, your painful life, your sin-filled life, whatever it is, you want to exchange that for the gift of grace, the gift of salvation, for the goodness of God, Let's do that today. Come on, if that's you, I want you to put your hands up in this room in Germantown too. Anybody here? Thank you, right here to my right. I see multiple hands. One, two, three, four, 
five hands on my right, your left. Anybody else over here? Come on, scanning the room. Anybody in the middle here? Come on, looking for more hands to be raised. All the way on my left, your right. I see your hand, young man, right here. Young lady in the back, I see your hand as well. Come on, isn't this fantastic? Come on, church, anybody else? The Lord's moving, and he's here. Come on, five more seconds, five more seconds. Yep, there's another hand. Thank you for helping me to see that. Anybody else? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the deal that you offer us. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus for those that have raised their hand by faith or maybe even there are some here that they want to make this choice, but they were nervous to lift their hand. I pray that in this moment they would pray the sinner's prayer, a prayer where we invite you to come into our heart and we invite you to come into our mind so that you would forgive us of our sin, that's what you save us from, that you would save us for our purpose and for the hope of heaven, and that today we would experience the grace of God. So Father, come into the hearts and minds of those who raise their hand by faith. I pray that you would wash them clean, make them a new person, and may their story be a story just like mine, that they go back to the day, back to the moment where they remember accepting and receiving the grace of God and making the greatest deal that anybody could ever make. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And together, everybody said, amen and amen. Come on and give Jesus the highest praise. Come on, church.